0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Tennessee recruiting never stops, so the attention turns now to the class of 2025. Could Tennessee get one to pop soon? We'll tell you with Matt Ray here on a Wednesday, Locked On Balls.
1: You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Good Wednesday morning, everybody. Welcome to Lockdown Balls. I'm your host, Eric Kane. Thanks so much for being here, making Lockdown Balls your first listen. Got a whole lot of fun to get into today. We're going to have Matt Ray of allquest.com on here in just a couple of seconds. We'll get you set for Tennessee and LSU later tonight and then Josh Ward, Ward Wednesday, coming up in segment number three. Uh, we'll talk recruiting, tons of recruiting. Some of these names I'm about to mention right now, we'll talk with Matt Ray coming up. But uh, Joe Kib dodson um, from Callover High School over in Memphis, Tennessee. Tennessee is very, very high on him. He was on campus just this past weekend. He is set to make an announcement uh, on, uh, on Saturday, and that's going to come down primarily between Tennessee and Ole Miss, in my opinion. Um, We'll see what Matt has to say about Joe Kim Dotson and his latest trip to Tennessee, but Joe Kim Dotson, a three-star receiver, who in my opinion is going to soar up uh, the rankings as the, uh, as the cycle kind of continues. is set to make an announcement on Saturday. And and then you got Cam Sparks, an athlete from Baylor school uh, here in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee or down in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, He is going to have a top six released on Thursday and you would assume, obviously, Tennessee is going to be in that top six because Tennessee is uh, very, very high on Cam Sparks and has been for a long time and covets Cam Sparks just like they covet Joe Kim Dotson. We'll see if both those guys could be two of the likely four wide receivers since he wants to bring in for the class of 2025. But um, let me step out of the way. Let me ask Matt Ray some questions. Tennessee had a junior day this past weekend. How did that go? Here's my conversation with Matt Ray of allquest.com. Matt, the, the first junior day there in the month of January got canceled because of inclement weather. So the majority, some still came in, but the majority of those who were going to be on campus couldn't make it. But uh, a good showing here this past weekend on campus for Tennessee, a lot of 25s and some 26s who were in town.
1: Yeah, you know, I think for the most part, Tennessee is not going to suffer too much from you know, missing that junior day earlier in the year. Obviously, you want to get kids to campus as much as you can. Um, but, you know, they'll they'll get a big portion of those guys back early in spring practice and then again in the summer at some point. But this weekend, you know, I think your headliners are Jalen Matthews from, you know, New Jersey, a big, impressive offensive tackle, um, just – really, um, you know, had good things to say about the visit. It was his first time down to Tennessee. He was able to get family down here with him, and you know, I think DeValls did more than enough to get an official visit and be a real player in his process. Um, I think coming into this, Tennessee had his attention a little bit, but it had primarily focused more around Georgia and Maryland, and he said as much, and Vols are now certainly a player in this one and then another offensive tackle, um, Andrew Babalola from Kansas, uh, just another massive human being and, and another guy that I think Tennessee impressed him and his family on their first look at, at Knoxville.
0: Matt, tell me where those two kind of are in the pecking order with the David Sanders, the Josh Petty's, the one Gassens, because when we talk about those five-star caliber offensive of tackles, that George or, you know, George is going to attract or that, you know, want to come here and play and block for Nico or whatever the case is. Um, those are the three that we always mention first. But Matthews and and some of the other guys that you've already mentioned that have been here this past weekend, where are they on that pecking order at offensive tackle?
1: Well, it starts with David Sanders, right? I mean, yeah. there's, no, there's no doubt about that. And then I think Tennessee covets one Gaston as well. I think he's a guy that I think they feel like can – play multiple positions, be on both tackles, kick inside if he needs to, just because of how athletic he is. Uh, I think Tennessee really covers him. I think stock is up for Jalen Matthews. I think that's a guy that you'll see Tennessee prioritize moving forward. And, uh, you know, they like Josh Petty a lot, and they like Andrew Babalogo a lot. So that's five really good offensive linemen all inside the top 100 of the own three rankings.
0: Yeah, it's not bad. You talk about broadening your board a little bit. That way, if you miss out on your top two, you're not sitting there with your tail tucked between your legs saying, What am I going to do now? You know, class of 23 off to tackle, class of 20, well, not really 24, but 23 specifically.
2: Yep. Um,
0: so that's uh, that's that's good to kind of you know be in on with a number of those guys. Again, like you said, all in the top 100 for on three. Tell about those Tennessee in State guys, Cam Sparks made another repeat visit to uh Tennessee. You had Ethan Utley, Joe Kim Dodson. Um, has been up here and and said a lot of good things. Uh, What about that in-state group that was here this past weekend?
1: Yeah, you know, I think for Cameron Sparks, this was, again, he he was one of the guys on that weekend that got canceled that was supposed to be here. He was really excited for that visit. But with the weather, he just headed south to to Auburn, where the weather was a little bit better at the time. And, um, you know, being as close as he is in Chattanooga, Tennessee is able to get him back on campus. And he's still excited about the visit. He was in town for about – Four and a half hours, I think, um, but really productive conversations during that time. First time sitting in the meeting room with Joey Halsley and, and kind of seeing the usage that he's heard about over the phone and what they've told him about in person before unfold. They see him being able to freelance in the offense and and do a variety of things. I think it was a really productive visit for Cam Sparks. I think the same li- along the same lines for, for Joe Kim Dodson, a, a guy that. I think has been very high on Tennessee as much as they've been high on him. And if you followed along at VolQuest during the contact period, Tennessee prioritized Dodson during the contact period. Uh, Missouri's the school that's not going to go away there. They, they feel as strongly as Tennessee does about him. Um, you know, He's maintained a summer timeline for a decision. And we'll see where that goes moving forward, but it feels like those two schools are positioned the best right now.
0: A guy that wasn't here this weekend, but a guy that I get asked about all the time, literally, is is wide receiver Caleb Cunningham. Uh, what's the latest in Tennessee's pursuit of Caleb Cunningham, knowing that they, they want to take about four guys in this class? They've got three in-state that they really, really like, and his awesome price, you know, Mitch, on the Bulk West podcast, really just means they can kind of swing for the fences for that fourth one, say, if you were to get all three of those in-state guys.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's exactly right. I think you can swing for the, fr- the fences with a guy like Caleb Cunningham or Jamie French. I, I still tend to think that Caleb Cunningham is more realistic right now. We'll see where things go with Jamie French if, if he makes it to campus in March at some point and then works to schedule an official visit. But, you know, that, that one's pretty unpredictable. Um, but as far as Caleb Cunningham, you know, I mean, I think he continues to maintain a strong relationship with with Kelsey Pope and Josh Heupel. I do think Mississippi State has some momentum right now. I mean, that staff came in day one, and they have pushed for Caleb Cunningham. I mean, he knows guys on, on the team there. Uh, they were pretty much the whole entire offensive staff was out to watch his basketball game. Um, last week. So, so Mississippi State is pushing hard for Caleb Cunningham. They have some momentum. Even if Caleb Cunningham was to commit to Mississippi State, I have a hard time seeing Caleb Cunningham sign Mississippi State. That's just my opinion because I think with his skill set, what he brings being you know an above-the-rim basketball player, a guy that fits and measures into so many different offenses, I think it's going to be hard pressed for them to hold them, even if they land him uh, because schools certainly aren't going to quit swinging at him, but, you know, he has a strong relationship with George McIntyre and I would expect him back in town in March. All right,
0: Latsley, UNAP going to be on the road this week, bringing plenty of uh, recruiting coverage over at com. So looking forward to that. You're going to be making some stops throughout the Tar Heel States. Uh, you're gonna be in North Carolina. Where all about are you gonna be in North Carolina, and then any other stops in the neighboring states that we should know about?
1: No, we're just uh, we're gonna be in Charlotte and in Greensboro. Um, so just those stops, probably ten to twelve guys, I think. Who Who are gonna be the highlights? Uh, obviously, David Sanders. Um, you know, Leo Delaney, Faison Brandon, 2026 20, quarterback that was here on campus this week. A guy that. I think is the guy at the quarterback position for Tennessee right now in the 2026 class. I think the Vols are really high on phase on Brandon. You know, we'll see him potentially see a few other big names in the 2026 class, see some important um, guys on the defensive side of football in both classes. Good
0: stuff there for my buddy, Matt Ray over at VolQuest.com. Go ahead and give him a follow on Twitter and check out his work and all of our work over at volquest.com hey we'll get you set for tennessee and lsu coming up later tonight uh here in a moment as we roll on with locked on balls Want to tell you about our friends over at game time it's a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports events in your area but not just sporting events it's also music comedy theater events all that and more plus all new users get 100 off when they buy a big game ticket with the code vegas100 that's vegas100 killer last minute deals all in prices views from your seat and the best price guarantee game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets last minute tickets flash deal you got zone deals as well you get the lowest price guarantee event cancellation protection even job loss protection as well if you're a procrastinator like me game time app is the where you can find your tickets even an hour after the event has started so i encourage you to go To take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime, right now all GameTime users get $100 off a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. But terms apply. Download GameTime app today, VEGAS100, V-E-G-A-S-G-A-S-100. That's Vegas 100 for $100 off a big game ticket. Or if you're not going to the game, use the promo code LOGTOM for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today, last-minute tickets, lowest price, Guaranteed. More coming up next, Tennessee basketball talk, as we continue right here on Lockdown Balls.
1: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate save money and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions and availability, savings vary.
0: All right, so Tennessee basketball hits the hardwood again later tonight. It'll be Tennessee, the number 6 ranked team in the country, both the AP and the coaches and uh, the locked on poll as well, number 6 coming off that win, that 103 to 92 win at Kentucky. It did lose to South Carolina earlier in the week, but uh, nonetheless it does come into number six it'll be tennessee and lsu seven o'clock eastern time and uh, this game is going to be at uh, thompson bowling arena at the food city center so you catch that game on the sec network and you know we'll we'll talk a little bit about lsu but we'll talk more about toby awaka here in a minute uh lsu on the season uh you know not, not it's not great 12 and nine on the year overall four and four in sec play it's already doubled it's win total from conference play from a season ago. Uh, so that's something. But uh, Tennessee's won its last two games against LSU, both by about 15 points or so. Actually, actually, I think the number's 14 points. 14 points in each of the past two games with those wins uh, did drop the, the prior four matchups, including three. Or it dropped uh, each of the prior four matchups, including three in a row, by at least 12 points. So um, Tennessee's having success against LSU here lately but there was a strand where Tennessee was not having success against LSU. Uh, Seventh time in the last eight meetings, Tennessee is ranked in this matchup. Uh, Three and three in the last six games combined, two and one, uh, with LSU that was unranked. Um, Let's see. LSU was voted number 13 in the SEC preseason poll, but again, like I said earlier, it's already doubled its win total from conference play from a season ago. Jalen Cook's a guy you need to watch out for. He's a graduate student, and he's a guard. Um, another guards, Jordan Wright. Both those guys are scoring about 15 and a half points, uh, kind of pacing LSU offensively. Um, Wright also leads LSU in assists at 2.8 a game, rebounds as well at 5.2 per game. Uh, so those are some of the names to look out for for LSU. Of course, we know about Josiah Jordan James, who had a career high 26 points. We know about, about Zachiah Ziegler, who had a career high 26 points and a career high 13 assists in that win over Kentucky. Well, Dalton connect rebound and we say rebound, no pun intended, right? But Dalton connect. I mean, he had 16 points on the road to Kentucky. That's not a horrible game, uh, but will he rebound to being Superman like he was for that stretch or will he at least get back into scoring in the twenties? 16 points is nothing to, you know, it's not too shabby whatsoever, but it looks kind of kind of difficult for him. Even when he scored 31 against South Carolina, much of that ball game. Uh, was kind of a struggle for him before he rattled off his, the Tennessee's last 13 points. And that's kind of how he got to the 31-point marker. But who's going to be the guy that sets up offensively? We will see. Uh, but it's Tennessee and LSU. And you look at that schedule for Tennessee. Should have already had it pulled up, excuse me. But you look at the schedule for Tennessee, and, and it's big time the next three weeks because you need to be stacking up these W's. Uh, coming up over the next like three weeks or so, because your last stretch of games is pretty tough. So just finished the game against Kentucky. You're at home against LSU, on the road at College Station at A&M, and then you're on the road at Fayetteville at Arkansas, and Arkansas has been a disappointment this year so far. You come back against Vanderbilt at home on the 17th, then you play Missouri on the road, and then A&M again, and then the stretch gets pretty tough to end the regular season. You are at home against Auburn on the 28th of February, you're on the road in Tuscaloosa, Alabama on the 2nd of March. You are in Columbia, South Carolina against uh the Gamecocks on March the 6th. That's a Wednesday. And then back home against Kentucky to finish off the regular season on the 9th of March. So again, these next three weeks, you want to be stacking those W's. Uh LSU, AM, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Missouri, and AM before you in the regular season against Auburn, Alabama, South Carolina, Kentucky, before you get into the SEC tournament. Hey, Toby Walker, along with Rick Barnes, but Toby Walker met with the media on Tuesday. And uh, here's what he had to say about his little brouhaha moment with, uh, with Bradshaw at Kentucky and kind of how that sparked him and sparked Tennessee uh, the rest of the way to finish that game.
2: Uh, I mean, I thought it was just, you know, competitors being competitors, um, you know, definitely, gave us a little bit of a spark. Um, but you know, from then on, I, I just I just knew I, I had to do my job, do what I had to do to help my team win, uh, you know, produce in any way I could.
1: Why were your teammates so fired up to see that out of you the other
2: day? Um, like I said, it was just a competitive environment. I think that, uh, you know, I don't show emotion like that often, but you know, when you're in a competitive environment, you know, emotions can sometimes get the best of you. So, um, you know, Tell me, were, you ever, were you ever really close to making a bad decision?
1: Uh, nah, <laughs> for, nah. You were in control from the start?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, just just trying to be competitive. Sometimes emotions, you know, might flare up. Um, but, yeah, I knew, you know, for the greater the good of the team, I did to control myself. Zakai said he tries to bring that
1: side out of you sometimes. How often <laughs> does Zakai yeah. kind of get under your skin?
2: Um, he's definitely a known trash talker uh, since high school. That's something about him that's never changed. Um, he still is now. Um, you know, I'm used to it now, so most of the time it's just no response. But, you know, he'll uh, win a few battles here and there.
0: Good stuff there from Toby Waka about um, him kind of getting into a little bit of a, a scuffle there at Kentucky, how Sakai Ziegler was egging him on, how Josiah Jordan-James came up to him, you know, after that and said, hey, we're not losing this game. And it sparked Toby. He scored the next four points for Tennessee, had a dunk, you know, crashed into the lane, had a, uh, a nice little two-point basket there down in the, in the blocks. And so – That was really, really cool to watch. Obviously, um, Tennessee needed that game, and and Tennessee got that game. So we'll see what Tennessee looks like tonight against LSU. And uh, depending on what I have going on today, uh, maybe i stay up and record a segment on the post. I I probably should. I should probably be good at my job. Depending on what news comes out on a Wednesday, we'll talk about that basketball game on Thursday or maybe on, on Friday's show. Nonetheless, Josh Ward is coming up next. What does he think about the NCAA investigation? The litigation, everything and the more of that has come up next right here as we continue on with lockdown balls. I want to see about our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook? It's America's number one sportsbook this week. It is Super Bowl 58 time, and if you're like me, you are looking forward to that because you get to watch good football. You get to see who wins the last game of the season, but more than anything, you're looking to win the last game of the of the season as well. And you can do that over at America's number one sportsbook. That is FanDuel. Dot com. You can bet on the totals, uh, the spreads. Those are the typical stuff. First quarter, first half spreads, all that and more. But what's fun about the Super Bowl is you have so many individual prop bets. I've been talking about on the show all week long. How long's the national anthem going to go? Um, you know, how, you know, what color Gatorade is going to be doused on the winning coach? Uh, is it going to be a run or a pass play? The odds are 50-50 for play number one, you know, up from scrimmage. Um, So many different things you can specifically do prop bets on, and that's what's fun about the Super Bowl if you're new to betting. So you can do all that and more over at FanDuel Sportsbook and finish the season off with a W. I'm going to look to do that, and I want you to as well at FanDuel Sportsbook. New customers who joined today can get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It's, America's, it's the America's number one sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at kabotaorangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's kabotaorangedays.com. Josh Ward from Josh & Sway, 991 D-Sports Animal, will join us here for Ward Wednesday to conclude a Wednesday show. Josh, uh, kind of joking off air, man, there's not a whole lot to go on right now. It's kind of that... Time of the year where it's basketball, you know, but no football. Transfer portal news is out of the way. Mm -hmm. Just uh, from a programming standpoint, not a whole lot to talk about, right?
3: Ho-hum. Quiet season it has been. Uh, Yet, Tennessee is the content machine king. So, we've had plenty to discuss on the radio. Uh, Everything that we do on Josh and Swain. Locked on Vols right here. The message boards, I know, uh, have been active. So, there is no time to
0: sleep when it comes to Tennessee athletics. That is true, man. So, what do you make of this whole thing? We didn't, uh, we couldn't connect to get you on the show last week, but obviously, mm-hmm. uh, I guess it was Tuesday that the SI yes, report came out and sent Tennessee's back under NCAA investigation. Then you had, uh, you know, letters from Dante Plowman from from Danny White, um, whatever politician is you know relevant in the state of Tennessee or in this market has chimed in on the matter as well as it is election year, and uh, you've got. Tom Mars, who represents Spire Sports Group, that's been active on Twitter. you got the NCAA issue and a couple responses. What do you make of this whole brouhaha uh, a week out? Yeah, Tom Mars fits in with Vol Twitter, doesn't he?
3: He's an he active attorney on social media, and he's also a very successful attorney. He, he's represented pretty much every angle, too. He's represented athletes. He's represented coaches. He has represented the A. Some people may not know that, but Tom has worked for the NCAA. And now he is representing collective. So I think he's represented pretty much every angle uh, that you can come up with in college sports. But I've also found that Tom Mars is a good attorney to have on your side. So for Spire Sports in Tennessee, in this case, I think that is true. And Tennessee's immediate fight back once the story became public was no surprise. Tennessee had been planning for this. You have the leaked information from the NCAA in Knoxville Word had started to travel that this was going on as well. There's no way to keep this secret. So once an official report comes out, as it did from SI, and then the following reports after that, it was, it was going to go quickly. And, man, there were so many chapters to the story in the first three to four days of it. But uh, Tennessee can't afford to take on any penalties from the NCAA. They're on a probation period. So... I don't think Tennessee looked at it and saw any other choice but to fight back, and there is no other school that is more perfect for this type of situation than Tennessee. You you can think of that whatever you want to, but th- the school that fits the profile for this kind of story is Tennessee.
0: Yeah, and at the time of this recording, still no notice of allegations has been sent to Tennessee, formal notice yep. of allegations. and. You know, Donna Plowman kind of hinted in her letter that she's into Charlie Baker of a lack of institutional control. Which, um, if that shows up in the notice of allegations, I think that's a big deal. Um, you know, we'll see if it sticks. But like, that's a big deal because that's what Tennessee got hit with in the prior. Um, you know, the the, the prior investigation and was able to kind of squirm their way out of it a little bit. And I'm not saying. You know, it might come across as, you know, Tennessee scoring their way out of it. Like I'm on the NCAA side. I think the NCAA is just trying to stay relevant right now. And I think pretty much everybody's on Tennessee's side, but Mm -hmm. I think that would be a big deal. Now, will that notice of allegations hold off until after February 13th court hearing? We'll see. Um, Maybe that would behoove the NCAA to hold off on that. Um, What what, what do you make of no notice of allegation right now? What do you make of the preliminary uh, court hearing in Greenville, Tennessee on February 13th? And what do you think will come of it?
3: Yeah, I'm curious about a timeline. If a notice of allegations is indeed going to come, if this lawsuit now affects whether that will occur. I tried to repeat on Josh and Swain last week that it's not only Tennessee that is caught up in NCAA investigations, inquiries, whatever you want to call them, because we already know about Florida. Florida State accepted penalties several weeks ago. A year ago, Miami's women's basketball team received NIL-related penalties with the Cavender Twins. So other schools have already actually finished up their situations with the NCAA, and other schools are being looked into. So Tennessee is the latest. But again, you have the probation situation for Tennessee. UT can't afford to take on more penalties. Uh, I've already stated that. So Tennessee has to push back. And I'll be curious to see, do other schools push back or other states Watching to see what happens as you have the situation with Tennessee and Virginia. But uh, everybody at Tennessee that I know of is confident in its own case. Uh, And I think it has reason to be in the lawsuit, for sure, because I I haven't seen the NCAA go to court and have any kind of success recently. So um, what does that mean long term with the NCAA? My, My question last week was this, Eric. When are the, the actual leaders, the people that are recognized as leaders in college football, so college athletics, going to step up? And we did see the announcement on Friday from the SEC and the Big Ten, their two commissioners, talk about their formation and what they're doing. So what does that mean? Because you know th- th- there are these complaints about the NIL rules as they are right now within the NCAA at this point, I don't know anybody that's saying, you know what, I, I'm i going to count on the NCAA to lead us here. I don't know yeah. anybody that thinks <laughs> that. So who are the people that are supposed to be doing that? Somebody's got to, right? So the SEC and the Big Ten are the two strongest conferences. I would look to presidents, chancellors, ADs in some cases. I said this on the show before their announcement on Friday, and then it, it did come out Friday that they're going to put this group together. But you know, we're coming up on three years since these rules started to change. So... At this point, I'm kind of over-hammering on the NCAA. I've been hammering on the NCAA for more than a decade. Yeah, I remember going on, it would have been Sports 180 at the time, saying, your players are eventually going to get paid, right? And we would have people call in and say, no, 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 no. I was like, well, it's going to happen. I don't know when, but it's going to happen. Well, now we're almost three years, three years in this summer since the rules changed. So at this point, what are we talking about the NCAA for and leading that way? Greg Sankey needs to lead the new big 10 commissioner, Tony Petiti needs to lead the schools need to lead the way because it's, it's one thing to rail against the NCAA. That's, that's the easy conversation to have. What are you going to do about what the future of college athletics looks like? The actual leaders need to make something happen there.
0: Yeah, it's a good, uh, it's a good way to think of it. Uh, everybody gets so caught up and just railing on the, myself included, just railing on the NCAA and saying they're dead. They're just trying to stay relevant, but like what? What are you going to do to change the problem? Member institutions. That's that's a good way to kind of think of that. Um, in the immediate future, you know, right the 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 day to day right now, recruiting. Uh, this is not something you obviously want to kind of hanging over your program. But mm-hmm. I do not think that it's going to have as a, a, an effect like it did a couple of years ago, whenever Tennessee was in the national spotlight and everybody was on you know laughing from the outside. Um, how do you think this changes recruiting for right now? What do you think this means for Tennessee in twenty twenty four?
3: Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't think that it has a real negative effect. Now, there, there can be occasions where maybe we don't know. Maybe yeah. a family sits down, a recruit and his parents, his family, they sit down and they're considering Tennessee and two other high-profile schools, and they might in their living room say, yeah, I don't know what this means with Tennessee, and they, they weigh that negatively against the Vols. That can happen, and they don't tell us, and we don't know it. But I don't think it's going to be a big deal. I think the George McIntyre commitment a couple of weeks ago is going to help them in recruiting. It only means so much because other schools are going to get quarterbacks too, and and prospects aren't going to make decisions just because they got a quarterback. But it's going to help, and it's going to help in-state. And Tennessee's program, I still view in a really good light. I think the Vols, from a national standpoint – are much more attractive than two or three years ago when Tennessee was battling the previous NCAA case involving Jeremy Pruitt. So I think Tennessee should sign a big-time class uh, for 2025. And, of course, there will be the football season. And assuming everything shakes out fine there and Nico's on the field and he stays healthy, I think Tennessee's going to have a really good year, and that will help recruiting as well.
0: Yeah, and even if Tennessee, or even if the NCAA tries to say that Nico would be ineligible or whatever, I mean Tennessee would appeal it. Tennessee would fight it, and yeah. that thing wouldn't be resolved until Nico's out of here. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I just
3: I would be stunned right now yeah. if he's not on the field to start the season or to play out the season.
0: Same, same with me. Hey, out the door, Tennessee basketball, pretty big win at Kentucky Rupp Arena. Yeah, seen all the stats about. This is only the second team ever to score this many points since 1997 when someone's wearing a headband and all those ESPN and stats. But bottom line was, hey. Um, Cal doesn't get scored on like that often. Tennessee's one of the few teams that have done it. Uh, It's a big win over a top-10 team. Uh, Tennessee's offensive efficiency numbers jump back up into about 14 or 15. A huge win for Tennessee against a rival.
3: Yeah, the Vols needed that one for sure based on how the South Carolina game had gone, and it's understandable. It's reasonable to look back at the previous game and say, how did that happen at home against South Carolina? South Carolina is better defensively. Uh, physically tougher. And sometimes shots don't go in it. Sometimes that can carry over through the team. That's that's the sport. Uh, that applies to everybody. But the way Tennessee responded, the fact that internally they were having the conversations we were on the outside of, okay, some other guys have to step up. It can't be all Dalton. It's funny that, he, that Tennessee went to rub. Dalton Connect scored 16 points there. That's really good. And it's yeah. considered Uh, just a ho-hum-down performance for Dalton Connect. (laughs) That's a statement on what he is, but uh, I was very happy for Josiah Jordan-James to see him bounce back the way that he did. Zakai had a rough night against South Carolina. He had a historical game with what he did statistically at Kentucky. So that's a reminder of how good this team is. Kentucky has some questions. There's no doubt about it, but you go hang 100 at Rupp, that's something fans are going to talk about forever. Now they need to keep it going. These next three weeks... Are very manageable for Tennessee. the The Vols should go five and one at worst. Six and zero is very much on the table. Yeah, and if that happens, Tennessee is very much in an SEC championship position heading into a big uh, final two weeks of the regular season.
0: Yeah, that that last two week stretch that you mentioned. I mean, you got uh, it, it's uh, Alabama. You've got South Carolina again. You got Kentucky. I mean, you, you got some you got some heavy hitters there to end the regular season. So yep. these next three weeks, you need to be snacking the wins on top of wins on top of wins. Hey, Josh, appreciate the time as always, man. What do you got coming up in the Josh and Swain newsletter on Friday morning that uh, listeners uh, can't subscribe to by uh, clicking the link in the bio here? Who knows with Tennessee?
3: Uh, (laughs) Fast forward 48 hours and so much can happen, but it's free. uh, So if you sign up, check out the link or just go to joshandswain.com. We would greatly appreciate it. And we'll continue talking about Tennessee football, the offseason, the fight, and this Tennessee basketball team. It should be a lot of fun for fans over the next month or so.
0: And listen to Josh and VFL Jason Swain on Josh and Swain, noon to 3, one The Sports Animal on weekdays and the sports monster in the Tri-Cities. Forgot about that. Josh, appreciate it yep. as always, man. Thanks so much. Thanks, Eric. All right, that is Josh Ward to conclude here this Ward Wednesday. Had a good time talking with Matt Ray earlier in the show about the Tennessee recruiting weekend uh, that was and, of course, everything that's happening over Tennessee football right now. We'll come back on a Thursday show, give you the latest developments in Tennessee versus the NCAA, get you set, and uh, recap all that was the Tennessee basketball game. All that and more coming up on a Thursday. Locked on Balls.